Welcome back to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. Oh, and I'm your extreme, like, corn listening host, Javi. What the fuck extreme. was that? <laughs> yeah, what dude. Was that? Shut up. Corn is all over this. I get to finally listen to new metal and wear <laughs> chin strap beards. And you can't stop me, Dad. Um. All right. So this week, we, we kind of like we're at, a, we're at like a... a stuck as to what we were gonna do to kind of like take our focus off of horror films for a while because we this year we have done so many freaking horror movies <laughs> we, we found ourselves at a crossroads much like our nation <laughs> so I, I think one of the things that said the hobby was like all right well the presidential election was coming up i was like why don't we do something that's that could be political and <laughs> originally i offered something kind of serious i want because i haven't seen air force one in a long time like so, for some reason i saw it like i remember i seen it when i was like eight <laughs> because it had uh what's his name harrison ford and i was like oh fuck yeah this, this is gonna be cool and i was like you know that would be an interesting movie to revisit now as an adult right and then uh you know, I tell Angel, hey, and Angel suggests Triple X State of the Union. <laughs> and then I and I and I stick to my guns. I'm like, no, let's do Air Force One. And I think what two like yesterday, Angel's like, so are we still doing Air Force One? And I'm just like, I do not have the mental bandwidth to deal with something serious. Let's watch Triple X State of the Union. <laughs> And I think you were pleasantly surprised by how much depth was in Triple X State of the Union now. Was there, though? Was there really that much depth? Or was it essentially like a mid-2000s hip-hop music video for an hour and a half? All right, so this is one of those movies that no one will understand why I love it so much. But I fucking love it. <laughs> what was the other movie that was like that? It was Tokyo Drift, right? Yeah, Tokyo Drift was one of those. Oh, uh, no, I think you justified that. Uh, there was another movie that just hits the spot for you. I think when we talked about Too Fast, Too Furious, I would probably categorize this in that same area, which is funny because they're both sequels to uh, Vin Diesel properties. So, um, you are right. like I, the ones that don't have Vin Diesel? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. I saw the original Triple X in theaters. I thought was okay. You know, I didn't really think too much of it. But I remember <laughs> when this movie was going to come out, you know, like, all right, I was a huge fan of Next Friday. Next Friday was like just my favorite movie of my adolescence. And I could, I could fucking quote the entire movie word for word. So I definitely would watch anything that Ice Cube is in um and around this time you know he was doing stuff like barbershop and next thing you know all of a sudden i i i don't know what movie i was watching but i see a trailer for a sequel to triple x in it and this time the main character in it is gonna be ice cube <laughs> and i was just like yeah i'm so game for this yeah, yeah ice cube is in this absolutely ice cube has a friend who works on cars and this friend who works on cars is exhibit who at that time was doing a show on MTV called Pimp My Ride. That Pretty was much Exhibit was playing himself. Yeah, like this This is literally like a time capsule for like the early 2000s for me. Because the music was the stuff I was listening to in like 03 and 04. What's it called? Uh, Ice Cube was like really, you know, 
again, he was like in stuff. So he was definitely like in popular culture at this point. Um, and <laughs> this, this guy, the guy who, you know, uh, who directed this movie is the guy who directed Die Another Day, which was like the 2002 Bond movie with Pierce Brosnan and Halle Berry in it, <laughs> which we are going to so be reviewing when we return to Bond because it is one of the movies on our on our Bond schedule. So um, I was definitely the right audience for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this movie might as well had like a giant neon sign said for angel you idiot (laughs) well you know what's interesting about this all right watching this movie in the year of our lord 2020 i have discovered that i'm not the only person who was big on this franchise because whoever worked on the 2008 uh iron man movie so Maybe it's John Favreau or someone who was writing the script on that movie, but someone inside of Paramount, Marvel, you know, whoever was was getting ready to launch the Marvel Cinematic Universe paid particular attention to this series and the role of Samuel Jackson in this series because is it possible at all for like I mean sure his name is Augustus Gibbons in this but he could just as easily be Nick Fury, right? And this triple X agency could very well be sealed, right? And uh, Darius Stone played... Yeah, and then Darius Stone played by Ice Cube could easily just be Captain America, couldn't it? You know, like, (laughs) it was retconned so that Nick Fury was black and meant to look like Samuel L. Jackson in the ultimate universe so the ultimate universe is also ripping off triple x and triple x shut up you fucking nerds without triple x we wouldn't have marvel that we know today (laughs) so you know ergo uh darius stone is part of the marvel cinematic universe i fucking hate the main character names fucking xander cage and (laughs) darius stone (laughs) who the it's like they just went to cool guy name fucking generator.com and we're like they went with the third pick that came up well watch like a dwayne johnson movie and like just look at the whatever they call his characters like his characters always had these kind of like ridiculous like ultra cool guy names ultra manly guy names and i'm just like (laughs) what the fuck like this is stupid Oh my god, my experience with Triple X State of the Union. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, you know, it was the same. I remember I wanted to go watch it as a kid, and that's the thing, you know, everyone like Triple X State of the Union was a good way to introduce black culture to non black folks in a way that felt safe because, you know, there was enough white people to offset it. <laughs> and that very issue I just talked about comes out in this movie a little bit later. But, um, yeah, it was like it was just one of those movies that you know, Ice Cube. He just real from like 1999 on, he really like enjoyed a lot of success. Whether it was like in Three Kings and what else was he in during that time? You know, I think Anaconda was a little bit earlier than that, but he was in like a bunch of movies like back to back. Yeah, no, like he was all I mean, about the Ice... Benjamins, Barbershop, Next Friday. I think came out by what like 2000. Yeah, next Friday, two thousand. Friday after next was oh two, I think. Barbershop was oh three. 
Um, like those early all about the Benjamins was like oh four. Like this really was this was a big decade for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think this is just kind of, again. It, apparently, he was deemed a big enough star that that this is like unfortunately his one and only like. His, his one and only jer- journey into the world of action hero. For some reason, I was really plugged in with like the making of this movie somehow. <laughs> was it that time in your childhood where you were like, you would purposely go to the extras on DVDs that you rented to like learn more? That's probably the case because I did have this, like I did own this movie in high school. Uh, so I'm this pretty explains sure a lot. I'm pretty sure that I've like seen a lot of the behind the scenes stuff on it just based on the DVD. But um, you look like the type of guy to fucking own Triple X State of the Union on DVD. Well, I don't even own the original, and I don't even think the original is that good. And I had zero interest in watching the return of Xander Cage. (laughs) You shut your goddamn mouth, you whore. (laughs) The original one is not that good either, but that's neither here nor there. But no, it's it's Ice Cube got like really ripped for this. Like he he went on like a regimen and and changed his diet and all this kind of stuff and basically did what like you know people now who are in Marvel movies do, and it's just such an interesting thing. Like you know and you know the thing about Ice Cube right now too is because of his bizarre like couple weeks where he was like. You can say he became a Trump supporter. It's yeah, funny. there was like we're not slandering him. There was this period. Through. Yeah, there's this. There's this recently. He's been a little too pro-Trump for my liking, which has been like one of the like unfortunate like heel turns of 2020 for me. <laughs> Damn, this year just keeps getting worse. Yeah, but you know, in this movie, you know, we're we're not talking about Ice Cube, the the person. We're talking about the character of Darius Stone. Um, so you, you want me to set the stage for the triple x universe and where yes. we're at yeah all so we've been because, doing is riffing for the last few minutes so why don't we just go ahead and get into this movie so because we haven't started by reviewing triple x the first one with uh xander cage i'm going to give you the look, quick and you know the 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 quick and dirty on what happened in triple x so essentially what's happening is that the nsa is this like way more powerful agency in, in this movie universe than it is in real life but the NSA has a lot more like say as far as or has a lot more powers to do like international work. And the idea is that uh, they were trying to stop a uh, agency called or I'm sorry, a terror group called Anarchy 99, which was based out of Russia, which was going to deploy a biochemical weapon called Silent Night. I can only assume it was going to put everyone to sleep at the same time. But, you know, I also haven't seen the movie in forever. But essentially, when they send one of their cool James Bond looking agents who actually goes to a, you know, they go to so many lengths as actually recreating one of the Tux uh, costumes. Uh, He ends up getting murdered, like the ever loving shit murdered out of him at a uh, Ramstein concert, (laughs) which then convinces NSA, I guess, not director, I don't know what he is, but, you know, NSA agent Augustus Gibbons, played by Samuel L. Jackson, uh, to recruit somebody that they can distance themselves from in, in, so that way this person can actually go in undercover and carry out missions for the NSA and the government or in the US's best interest, right? So in comes Xander Cage, played by Vin Diesel, who is a X Games extreme athlete that skateboards 
and graffitis and drinks Mountain Dew. <laughs> and for some reason, he's like a stuntman slash like activist for anything that made like 13 year old white kids in 2002 happy. And, you know, like this all culminates, he, he gets into trouble after uh, stealing a senator's car and like crashing it off a bridge. So they end up taking this guy who has, you know, zero training, uh, zero preparation, doesn't know what he's doing. And they're like, hey, let's just put a collar on him and have him go carry out these Suicide Squad-esque missions for us. So, oh, and by the way, it's important to note that Xander Cage, is nickname is actually Triple X, because I guess he fucks or something. Anyway, he has a triple X tattoo on the back of his neck. So that's pretty much where the branding on the film comes. And the only other character that carries over from here is the American version of Q by the name of Toby Lee Shavers. This is the guy that creates gadgets for Xander Cruz or Xander Cruz, uh, Xander Cage. And he gives him that really cool revolver he uses later on in the movie. Uh, you know, Xander Cage actually works with another double agent by the name of Yelena played by Asia Argento who some viewers may or viewers <laughs> so some listeners will remember the name uh, from Dario Argento director of demons that's actually his daughter little fun fact uh, anyway they work together they're able to foil the plot for Anarchy 99 and Xander and Yelena are able to sneak off to Bora Bora and leaving us with just uh, Shavers and Augustus Gibbons. I almost <laughs> I thought Augustus was his last name for a little bit. You just said pretty Gibbons. much, yeah. Well, just Gibbons and Shavers, pretty much setting us up for you know the search for the new Triple X, who I guess at this point Xander Cage's nickname becomes a title that now gets passed down from agent to agent. <laughs> But the point is, it sets up for the sequel when they are on the search for a new agent, which sets up for State of the Union. And you know what? Like, there's it makes sense that the guy who directed this movie that we're talking about this week was the guy who directed Die Another Day or did a movie in the Bond franchise. Because mm -hmm. I think that we're what we're looking at in this movie is Ice Cube as James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know that which it's like you could translate a lot of the characters into this like gibbons is m um you know as you said shavers is is q and we even have low right the the uh the female friend character of ice cubes who they had some sort of romantic relationship or not and she's very she's very basically money penny in this <laughs> they totally humped like, like there's a lot of like archetypes in this uh and i it's funny because when i watched the original triple x i didn't get james bond off of it and i think it's because i watched the special features of this years ago but that's specifically what they were shooting for with ice cube they wanted to make him more secret agent than kind of like you know than than uh stunt guy like what they were shooting for with vin diesel in the first movie well that's what it was was that triple x was supposed to deconstruct this oh sorry it was supposed to deconstruct the spy genre and it was supposed to be like the american answer and it pretty much what it was it was like what if add was a person fueled by a monster and they like put that person like to fight russians and it was like i guess it hit that point but you i mean it hit, it hit that sweet spot if you were like young and shit 
But if you go back, you're just like, man, this is literally like a prototype for what we make fun of Michael Bay later on, you know? Well, um, the other thing, too, is like I, there was also, I, I'd say the American answer to Bond was also taking place around this time as well. The Bourne movies were also coming out at this time. Well, the Bourne movies, I think Mission Impossible 2 came around this time. Yeah. And that's when Mission Impossible started getting a little bit more, you know, crazy um yeah there i mean there was a lot of like uh, there's a lot of these films that were trying to go into the like spy genre in that they were trying different ways right and um i mean for some people triple x had hit the right point but then like vin diesel was supposed to be on first on board for a sequel but then this was that weird time where vin diesel refused to do sequels <laughs> whatever pretentious bullshit but anyway you know they were able to get ice cube for this for the first state of the union but anyway what's it called all right so the movie kicks off um i guess (laughs) i guess um what's it called like in a ranch but for some reason under this ranch is an nsa bunker (laughs) and there's like a bunch of you know these like shadow ops like agents that are breaking into the nsa bunker <laughs> the tactical ninjas <laughs> and they're trying to like murder everyone in there but somehow shavers and and gibbons are like the only two people that are able to escape and um the you know they do escape in this opening action scene i like the action scene in this it just all kind of like goes a little like quickly right like this is a movie that, that feels like he doesn't have a lot of time to breathe it's yeah just they're just like shut up like sh- we got to establish the bad guys real quick but yeah <laughs> they, you know they have that weird like explosive that drives like 60 feet underground which that thing totally felt like uh the nick fury device that he uses in winter soldier to escape the car right like like oh, the laser thing he had yeah, yeah. There, there is mcu shield tech in this movie <laughs> And this I mean, is like MCU the... has triple X State of the Union tech. I'm just saying, okay? I am just saying that, you know, that MCU ripped off triple X State of the Union. That's it. <laughs> I'm just saying that Winter Soldier <laughs> is a ripoff of State of the Union. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. And that's just the sound of like a hundreds of down, hundreds and hundreds of people all hitting unsubscribe <laughs> on our podcast. No, but seriously, um, for, what I do like about this is in this movie, what they're going to do is the the guy who gets picked to be Triple X is actually going to have a personal connection to Gibbons, right? And it's so bizarre to think about it that that somehow on a, I guess it's like a Navy SEAL tactical unit, like imagine being in a unit that includes samuel l jackson ice cube and willem defoe among other people well it's supposed to be like he's the general right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like in in ice cubes unit we're just gonna keep calling him ice cube i'm I'm gonna say fuck gary stone at one point i'm just gonna call him ice cube or we just call him x because that's what that's what uh you know it's so stupid. It Shavers make... called him. Shavers is stupid, though. It makes zero sense to call him X. Shut up. <laughs> the whole point of Triple X was that it was. No, shut up. Just go for it. Just go with it. Go with it. This, this movie's going to give me a fucking aneurysm. How stupid it is. <laughs> <laughs> it. 
Well, the point is that, so, yeah, because Willem Dafoe is supposed to be, like, a general, so it's, like, this unit is so fucking elite that they, like, directly respond to a, like, four-star U.S. general. And apparently something happened in this unit that compromised everyone, right? Like, that, that, that you know, I guess they talk about how Ice Cube's, you know, Ice Cube's character, Stone, Stone has been in jail for serving a 20-year sentence because he disobeyed uh, Willem Dafoe's character, whose name is George Deckard. So, all right, I'm going to start using character names now. Givens <laughs> is Sam Jackson. Yes. Deckard is. is Willem Dafoe, and Stone is Ice Cube, right? So Stone, like, apparently, they say he leads a mutiny against Deckard, <laughs> and he broke his jaw, and that's what ends up giving him, like, a 20-year sentence. Well, uh, they don't really that... the movie they'll they'll explain more of what happens throughout the film but that's mm-hmm. kind of like where you start with them right? oh yeah yeah that's all we're given yeah so you know uh gibbon says that he needs to go off the grid for the next triple x agent and they end up going into this military prison <laughs> where stone is being kept um, and he apparently shows up as his attorney and they have a very hostile relationship already with each other. And, uh, but for some reason, you know, uh, I guess Stone decides to believe Gibbons that they're going to need his help. And it's all going to be related to people that were in their old unit, right? I think the fact that it's such a personal connection between these two characters, it already feels completely different from that first movie. Like, this feels like it takes place in a completely different universe somehow to me, doesn't it? Well, it looks cleaner because the entire first film, I think, was filmed out in, like, Prague or some shit. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, everything is very Eastern European looking, and it has that, like, Eastern European grime. Like, I'm pretty sure... This feels... Well, this, and I guess it's, like, the the subject matter as well. It feels so domestic, Mm -hmm. you know? It is very clearly, like... like You're telling me that the movie... Spy thriller... (laughs) You're telling me that the movie titled State of the Union feels domestic? <laughs> well, it's, 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 it, I, I can't help, and I think because we just watched it a few months ago, but I can't help not think of Winter Soldier with some of this stuff. We are going to get flamed by per- people I know personally for making that connection. No, okay, look. No, if, no, no. But and, I'm gonna, and I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you, if we hadn't have watched Winter Soldier a few months ago, I would not be making these connections. It's literally just happening because Nick Fury is in this movie and it's literally dealing with like splinter groups inside the United States government. So it's just no way that you're not going to think about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just can't, I can't not think about it. But all right. So Gibbons is going to break Stone out. They get oh, Leavenworth. Hel- That's the name of the prison. Sorry, that was really yeah. So they get a helicopter and Stone oh ends God. up attacking like soldiers who, instead of like just shooting him for trying to escape their grasp, they just take out nightsticks, which like Stone immediately takes away from them and just starts beating them up. But you know, the idea is that this guy is a bit of a super soldier, right? Like he. You know- <laughs> He just does like a bunch of wild shit. These guys are so fucking useless. He just immediately starts slapping them around and stealing their nightsticks and shit. I love the escape scene because it's so stupid. <laughs> My favorite part is when uh, when Ice Cube breaks out. He he breaks out the fan, right? For yes. The unit, and then when he climbs up, and like 
he breaks up the AC unit, climbs up on top of the building, and starts like running. And then he like flying squirrel jumps onto the other room. <laughs> I was just like, oh, you know that. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. And then uh, the part where he flying squirrel jumps again off <laughs> and catches onto the helicopter being flown by Gibbons. The whole time I was like, wouldn't he be shredded up? <laughs> You know what though? Like all I can think of when I see him just like swan dive off the roof to like try to catch the chopper is like that scene in Spider-Man Homecoming where he just like dives up the Washington Monument. But Angel, what happened to Xander K? <laughs> oh, this is great. Uh there okay, so Scott Speedman is in this movie. Kyle Steele. Oh, yeah. These are all, like, great, like, secret agent slash porno names. I was about to say, they totally are porn names. <laughs> but, all right, so Steele <laughs> ends up saying that apparently Xander Cage was killed in Bora Bora last night or something like that. So <laughs> Which... this is, like, the weird thing where whenever there was a movie that had, uh, what's his name, uh, Vin Diesel in it, and he wouldn't do a sequel, they had to write him off somehow. <laughs> It was like that era, so this one they were just like, nope, he died. He died off screen. You guys don't need to know. Let's just focus on Stone. Stone is the real triple X. Who's this other guy? Shut up. Well, in the Fury in Fast and Furious, like they basically just had like uh Paul Walker's character absorb the character traits of Dom, like so that they could make him the new star of this. And this one they were just like, eh, whatever, that other guy died. But, you know, even, even when I heard that in that movie, I still always thought that there was a chance he could come back because as we're going to find out in this movie, it was just because someone is, you know, being shown as having died does not mean they actually died. <laughs> just like the MCU! God! <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> All right. But anyway, they pick Stone up from the, from the prison and the first thing that he's going to do, they, he basically makes a joke like if he's talking about sex, that's the first thing he wants when he gets out of jail. But they end up going to a diner and he's eating like some weird like sloppy barbecue burger. <laughs> it's so disgusting the way he was eating it. Like, you know, there's sometimes in movies like I did this when we, when we reviewed a goofy movie and I was like, damn, <laughs> that cheese, that, that cheese pizza PJ had looked delicious. I saw Ice Cube like mouth harass this burger, and I was just like, <laughs> "That is the least appetizing movie food I've ever seen." But I would probably say I have never been in prison for an extended period of time, so I could not tell you what I would look like eating my first meal out of jail. Like, so I can't imagine this is what it looks like. Nah, dude, I've seen those prison TikToks where like the guys make like full ass like burrito meals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, sorry to segue, but have you seen that trend of like inmates making food and putting it on TikTok? Yes, of course. It's it's really cool. I actually, I, you know, good for them. Fight the power. <laughs> I think that this movie is just like <laughs> this movie is an excuse for us to jump on all these different tangents <laughs> because that's the type of movie this is. That's true. It's literally a bunch of tangents for an hour and a half. All right, so apparently what's going to happen now is they're starting to discover that the person who is responsible for the attack on the NSA, uh, do, I, do they already get the feeling that it's, uh, that it's Deckard, that, this, that it's this Deckard character, or do they still not understand who, who the person is that's attacking them? 
No, at this point, they don't know who it is. They think um, the I think the only person connected to him was this guy named Sergeant uh, Alabama Cobb. <laughs> Shut oh the... <laughs> His nickname is Bama. I fucking hate this movie so goddamn much. <laughs> oh my god! So they they've connected him to this splinter group that's going around, uh, and he was also part of the the what I can only assume was and this movie's version of SEAL Team Six. Yeah, that's right. So so they haven't they haven't they haven't. Uh... They haven't, they haven't Deckard called the Deckard mastermind. the main villain yet, but they are discovering no. that these are all people part of the old unit. That's exactly. the reason that Gibbons goes to Stone. And I guess what the next like mini mission that they need to go on now is have Stone break into the NSA uh, bunker and take out these hard drives that are in their server room. Which uh, we get the first Ice Cube action scene where he's like blowing up cars and He's like jumping through the hole that whatever that magical burrowing device made. (laughs) (laughs) That the tactical ninjas flew through before they murdered everybody. (laughs) Yeah, so we get, you know, our our like really awesome first Ice Cube action scene. Hey, you know what? Like, I really like this. And I think one of the things that I'm disappointed we did not get, and I said it earlier in the show, but I'm disappointed we did not get more Ice Cube action movies like this. It really does kind of suit him. Like, and I think just the period of time that I was in my life to see a guy who's like, you know, in baggy clothes with like a beanie, like doing secret agent shit. Like it just, I don't know. It, it's, it, there was something that felt really cool about it to me at the time. <laughs> so there was like, an urban appeal to it. If you, will. <laughs> yeah, you see, no kidding. <laughs> it was great. It, and you know, I'd be with you if this didn't immediately become a caricature of itself. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, we're, look, there's lots of stuff in this movie, like the lines, the what the characters say and do that are just <laughs> really wild and ridiculous. But, you know, whatever. I mean, the, like the part where they hijack a tank by using giant jacks? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Put it in my veins. Give me more of this. I fucking love all the choices that this movie makes. The one thing I don't want to skip because there's this one part that made me cringe super hard. It was before the the it was before um, Ice Cube goes on his mission and they and they like go rob the uh, the NSA bunker again. It, it was that part. Where, <laughs> it was that part where they go down to meet uh, Lola. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Stone's ex girlfriend. And she's the one that hooks him up with that like souped up truck that they drive for the rest of the movie. Yes. <laughs> the part where they take him down to the hood and then Shavers is visibly uncomfortable and they're like, this is the safest place for us. And Shavers is like, really? <laughs> and then the super cringy line where they go to the white area of the city and then he goes, yeah. He goes, this is where I feel better. He goes, you got to be a certain kind of person to walk around in these circles. And I'm like, Shavers, no. <laughs> the entire time he made me think of MPH from Undercover Brother <laughs> where he was the intern Lance and I was just like I was watching that the whole time I could not help but cringe I was just so like this scene has not aged well 
<laughs> yeah you know what normally i get more of those things in this i i, I don't think too much is i don't think there's too much problematic stuff in it but you're I just distracted think, by ice cube because you loved it no it's just like i i just think you know the humor and just what what i thought was cool back then is you know it's just aged poorly and i sound like an old man like recounting stuff that like his kids probably wouldn't find interesting at all <laughs> hey kids do you remember when ice cube was a rapper <laughs> you remember when ice cube was james bond <laughs> okay grandpa get, take your meds please and save the president of the united states <laughs> oh my god so this action scene culminates with ice cube shooting a boat yes at cop cars on a bridge this is literally the this is the sequence that feels the most like triple x one to me and uh like this is the closest this was, thing to a stunt yeah yeah like this was the action scene in this that completely felt like it was something that was left over from the first movie that they just decided to reuse in this and like just the way it was shot like the way the stunt goes the music in the background like it was all just very triple x one which you know corn and (laughs) it's like it's throwing you a bone for people who are fans of that first movie it's like it's i guess the idea is that we're not going to get too far away from where we were in the first one we're just going to switch it up a little bit yeah except this time we're replaced Thing, uh we're replacing like new metal with like some with like, southern hip-hop <laughs> yeah yeah i, like I don't want to call it dirty south proper but there is a little bit of elements of dirty no, south it's, in it's, it it's it's southern hip-hop it's what was popular when like this it's what was popular when too fast too furious was coming out and this, i'll say this the studio knew exactly who their target audience was for both of these films <laughs> yeah but all right, yeah, that scene. I thought that scene was pretty good. <laughs> you get the boat like lands on the bridge and then blows up, and Ice Cube <laughs> does the walking away from explosion scene. It makes no sense why the boat blew up. So many things in this blow up that doesn't make any sense to me. It's like show nerd. <laughs> so we finally get to the part where we we actually get some spy shit that happens. Yeah. Oh, and we probably should mention that, you know, that and the NSA bunker, like one of the agents that he like, you know, is able to escape who's who's trying to capture him at this time is Steel. Uh Steel is I guess this is like this is post the attack. Steel is with a different government department or a different enforcement division, whatever. Uh, and he just thinks that, you know, that Stone is some sort of, that Stone could very well be part of this same uh, splinter group, so he's trying to capture him himself as well. He's a um, part of some sort of black nationalist group. <laughs> uh, no one said anything about it being a black nationalist group. Really? This I could have sworn someone said it. No, <laughs> no, I think that was you, sir. <laughs> Oh, interesting. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Well, this wasn't made in 2017 or 18 for sure, because <laughs> that would be exactly what it is. <laughs> then that's my hot take for this episode. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and while we're seeing this, we're also kind of going back and forth to the president, and the president's name is James Sanford in this. Surprisingly, the least like uber masculine name in this entire <laughs> script. Yeah, the le- uh, George Deckard sounded more like a president name than James Sanford. But all right, uh, Sanford is the president. 
He's apparently going to be giving a State of the Union address, hence the name of the movie. And uh, during the State of the Union address, he his plan is to reduce the amount of military might that the United States is using in other countries, which, you know, is a radical notion in 2005 when we are just three years into the Iraq war and we are four years past from (laughs) 9-11. So wait, we should have all been like, boo this man. Well, this movie, like, you know, back then is, is, is easily liberal because, you know, anyone who's liberal, you were against the war. And now, you know, a decade and a half later, like, it's popular to be against the war. But back at this time, it was considered very, you know, off, you know. You're un-American because... Yeah. <laughs> like, because 9-11 hit us right in our fucking patriotism. Yeah. So this is kind of a radical, like, concept that, you know... I mean, it's not too radical because the president ends up being the ultimate good guy, which, you know, George W. Bush was the president at this time. So what what you're thinking of is, all right, it's the un-American guys who are trying to stage a coup against the president who are the villains... And it's the secret agents that are protecting our president that are actually the heroes of the story. But whatever. <laughs> oh my god. These <laughs> intelligence agencies are like so fucking misrepresented in these movies. They're either shown as either super incompetent or super evil. And I think the answer is somewhere in between both. <laughs> you know what's really funny about this is that this movie actually educated me as a high school person because I took civics in my senior year of high school and I could barely remember telling like I could barely remember a lot of the things that I learned in that class but I saw this movie when I was a fr- when I was a s- junior in high school and because of this movie I understand what the United States like federal chain of command is like <laughs> Like, okay, earlier this year, Donald Trump caught COVID and there was like that week and a half where everyone was so worried about what was going to happen. Was Mike Pence going to get it to what's going to happen to the country if like the president and vice president are not able to like run the country because they're both like being hit with COVID. And it's because of this movie that I understood that if both the president and vice president are incapacitated, then the next person on the chain of command is the speaker of the house and then the defense secretary. (laughs) So thank you state of the union. Those were two tests. Those are two test questions I got right in my civics class. It is one of those pockets, like one of those like details of useless information that I still have. Like you're just singing "Get X'd" while you're taking your test of civics. <laughs> Get X'd. They're like, Angel, what are you doing? Shut up, Angel. This is two years after that movie came out. Move on, please. <laughs> you're just sitting there quoting Tupac the entire time. <laughs> Wars come and go, but my soldiers is eternal. I have never actually seen that Tupac quote anywhere else other than this movie. I'm I'm not even sure he even much said that. (laughs) I'm like, it's very strong possibility he never said that. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... introduced to our Bond girl, kind of? Yeah, yeah. There's even hints of Bond girls between Lola and now Charlie Mayweather, who is the daughter of a senator who... What's his... That who... um, who stone went to meet up 
And then, you know, we get that funny scene where she's in the restaurant talking to, like, the, the chairperson of the NRA. <laughs> and we get that scene where Stone starts, like, talking mad shit about the NRA and how, how they support, like, you know, how they supported, uh, or they were the same people that supported, like, segregation back in the 60s and shit. <laughs> so he makes, like, this delightfully uncomfortable scene for this character. But we find out that um, Charlie Mayweather, like, she knows uh, Gibbons because of her dad, and she believes he's still alive, and she wants to help Stone, right? So she sets up Stone to go to this, like, it wasn't a dinner at the White House, but it was, like, a, it, it was, like, a, a, an event, right, where there was going to be, like, a bunch of these, a bunch of the generals, just a lot of high Yeah, I have no idea what this event actually is. But, you know, in comic book movies, if we're going back to MCU, comic book movies always have the party scene. Yep. It's always like a, a just regular thing. And also just it, it's it's a very it's a spy movie show. thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's Bond trope, too. And I do like what you said about Charlie essentially being one of the Bond girls, because, you know, the formula that we've seen in a lot of these Bond movies are you get the you get the true Bond girl that Bond is like actually trying to have a relationship with. And then you also get the fling Bond girl who he like sleeps with and then gets murdered at some point, except he doesn't actually sleep with Charlie. So uh, even though it's, there's clear that there's some sort of attraction there, but so fucking lame. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was interesting and it's, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, well, that's a weird choice. But then at the same time, I was like, well, it actually does make sense. They talk about, you know, uh, you know, does Ice Cube own a tuxedo? And you think, you know, he's going to show up and be the Bond, like very suave Bond who like kind of parades as a party goer, right? Mm-hmm. And instead, Ice Cube is actually going to be dressed in the white tuxedo top and he's going to be dressed as like the serving staff at this, at this like high society party. And, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, well, that's an unfortunate choice. But again, (laughs) it sucks how the real world works. Angel. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And then, you know, they even have a practical reason for for him doing that, because the moment that he is caught, like listening to a general uh, along with Decker. Right. Like he 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 ends up running into Decker and this and this general, whoever the hell he's talking to. Um. have some respect. That is four-star general Jack Pettibone. And um, can you tell the audience what my name on this Zoom call is, Angel? You called yourself Petty Boner. <laughs> so fucking clever. <laughs> All right. Well, he talks to Pettibone. And uh, the, the again, Stone walks by as the member of the wait staff. And the moment that they discover him, he actually like escapes into the kitchen and they go in and they say black guy, white tuxedo. And as soon as they get into the kitchen, it is just like a giant mob of like black men in white like tuxedo tops, exactly like Ice Cube. I'd like and to think this guy had like a... I'd like to think this guy had a like fucking terror, a face of terror as he saw all these. Men. <laughs> like, oh my god, who is it? Well, it's it's like what you said, right? Like it's it's one of those things where it's unfortunate how real this is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad look. It's really bad look, you guys. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting that like when when Stone is like meeting Charlie like in that restaurant, right? <laughs> the moment that like another like a uh, government op- operative or whatever shows up to their dinner. Oh, no, it was that the, uh, that was, 
That was the NRA guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. The NRA guy. So when the NRA guy shows up, Ice Cube to try to blend in actually ends up uh, just playing up like his Baptist preacher accent. <laughs> it's stuff that Bond does, you know? It's just like, it, it's a different style because you are dealing it's- with a black main character. It's the way Black Bond would do it, like straight up. Yeah, I, 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 again, I thought that this, I thought that I was gonna go into this movie and actually think this movie is completely awful. But there's a lot about this movie, rewatching it, that I realize I still like. <laughs> no, I still think this movie's pretty awful. <laughs> no, fuck you, whatever. This movie rocks. <laughs> You're like, now I love it more. Your hate fuels my love. <laughs> Uh, all right anyway uh stone there's uh, later you know from here uh i guess charlie takes stone back to what's apparently like her home because she's the daughter of a senator and in you know it's like oh well you can use a shower and there's that weird like you know back and forth like kind of wordplay with them where is he gonna sleep with her and do all sorts of weird nasty bond stuff or not and uh he ends up just taking a shower and when he gets out of his shower he finds that Charlie has disappeared and someone, surprise, surprise, the white woman has called the police on the black man and he is being, uh, there's like a mob of police officers that are showing up to his house because apparently this is where a, did the senator die or was it someone no, who was part of their unit? This is where uh, the general got petty boned. Oh, uh. I had that one in the chamber. (laughs) I had that one in the chamber. I had to use it. But anyway, Stone gets set up for uh, the murder of Jack Pettibone because it turns out they were actually in his house the entire time. So we're left to surmise that Charlie killed him, framed uh, framed Stone, called the cops, who immediately all show up with tactical. Uh, NSA gets a call, Steel ends up showing up, and uh, immediately everyone thinks it's a hostage situation. But Steel has been learning more and more about the uh, about uh, Stone's SEAL team and finding out what the connections are and finding the connection between him, um, Gibbons, and Deckard. So he already has reason to believe that uh, Deckard isn't on the up and up. So when he goes in to talk to Stone, Stone tells him that he was framed and that he needs that Steele needs to look more into Deckard and find out what he's planning. Um, he ends up letting Steele leave. Uh, he ends up leaving the house. The cops end <laughs> the cops end up breaching uh, to try to kill Stone. Stone uses a uh, really interesting uh, what's it called. Um, trap where he microwaves a bunch of food including like not just like like tv dinners but like a whole he microwaves a whole ass turkey <laughs> and he ends up he ends up leaving them upstairs in a um what's it called in the in, <laughs> in a bathtub in because, the bathtub because you know they have like all sorts of like heat seeking equipment out there and uh every cop has that obviously <laughs> clearly uh, you know, and they end up like having that funny gag where all of them show up in the bathtub and it's just like microwave meat. <laughs> all I can, there. all I can think about was that scene in The Simpsons. When... 
yeah, where they're looking for Homer Simpson in his house, and they end up giving you the infrared shot of the turkey. And he goes, yes, there he is, just basting in his own juices. Really? <laughs> just basting in his own sexual juices. <laughs> oh my god. Turns out that Stone is actually hiding in the freezer, being able to hide from heat seeking. He knocks out a, a SWAT officer, steals his gear, and for I, some I love like how easily Stone just like beats the shit out of like <laughs> tactical police. <laughs> It is so stupid that no one notices, one, that this cop, like, who was a part of the breach team, just walks out calmly, steals a car, and drives away. (laughs) And you know the other part that bothered me, and it's so stupid? I'm like, why the fuck? Like, I'm like, that's a lot of food for Stone to carry, and it'd be, like, piping hot if it's hot enough to show up on infrared. Like, Oh, my God, don't think about it that hard. (laughs) You know what you're doing about it? You're thinking about it? Just don't think about it, dude. (laughs) god oh my god just fucking shut up and watch it it was just uh, i don't know i get caught up on dumb things i'm an idiot and i know this movie rocks stop thinking of, stop asking stupid questions <laughs> <laughs> oh god so stone ends up going back to meeting up with lola and shavers um oh my god i fucking hate shavers i can't i don't i don't know if i've talked about that enough but like I made notes that I should really hype up how much I hate Shavers. He's really like... he's really an obnoxious character, and uh, I think he kind of goes out of his way to be the nerdy white guy when he doesn't really have to. <laughs> and what's really annoying is he's the problem. Like his character is the problem with all the. Uh, he, he, his character is the problem with like aughts, like early to mid aughts writing styles, where people would be like, "Wait a minute." You want me, like, the, the line he says is, you want me to break in to the D- Department of Defense hack and, like, you know, which is harder to hack into than the CIA, the IRS, and all this combined, and you want me to just do it? And then he's, and then, uh, and then Stone is like, yeah, I want you to do it. And it was, okay, watch me. And I'm just like, you fucking douche. You could have just, you could have just said, yeah, and saved us all, like, 30 seconds of film <laughs> <laughs> piece of shit <laughs> but I, it I felt know. like what i would probably call like rush hour dialogue to me yeah that's a good way to put it <laughs> shut up though rush hour was great <laughs> no i think rush hour is great but i'm just saying that like the dialogue is just like like it's just it is ham and part of what you like it is part of the reason why you like it is because it's just like this over-the-top like obnoxious dialogue and i agree i think the character of you know the character yeah the character of savers is easily my least favorite character in this his rapport with ice cube it's just they're trying too hard to be like opposites of each other Mm -hmm. and i actually think that the better the more interesting kind of partnership that that develops in this movie is actually between stone and steel (laughs) steel and Mm -hmm. stone (laughs) okay i think that that's actually a joke in um that's a joke from uh, from uh, Doom Patrol, oh, where, it's... <laughs> where Robot Man has like a hallucination where he imagines himself and the cyborg is like this '70s cop duo called Stone and Steel. Oh my God! You know what that means? That Doom Patrol is also derivative <laughs> of Triple X State of the. We are quickly discovering that like Triple X State of the Union is responsible for pop culture that you enjoy today. I, I, I forgot math by the end of that statement. <laughs> so we, we 
totally skipped over the scene uh which took place the same night of that uh you know government party are you talking about when stone goes to the helicarrier i mean the totally not helicarrier no even before that the the fact when gibbons has that scene where he's like is going to his home to pick up some something and uh you know that's where deckard shows up apparently to kill him (laughs) that's right i forgot about that and blows his house up so you're like pretty much left to believe that gibbons died like (laughs) throughout that but very much like we saw in the winter soldier (laughs) when ice cube really dead when stone really does break into that helicarrier uh you know trying to look for what what is the reason why he ends up there Honestly, I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. I think what he was trying to do is he was trying to find the connection between Decker and the group because right now they're just operating assuming that he's going to find Decker there. Oh, that's what it was. That was um that was the regiment that uh that Pettibone was um was leading. And with him dead, they all fall under Deckard's uh, authority now. So he was bringing um, them all in. So that's okay. Now I remember. I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is brilliant. And of course, all this has to be told through Expo Dump, which is annoying. As <laughs> yeah, I did like that scene where uh, you know where where you cut to NSA uh, headquarters where Steele and whoever his like assistant is, uh, they're both like sitting or his partner. They're both sitting there like kind of looking into who stone is uh what's the deal behind this uh you know whatever group that they were all in and that's the moment and, and that happens to be like the moment that deckert walks in to meet this guy for the first time it's like this dialogue that takes place between like steel and deckert and just you know what it what it reminded me of since we're talking about like marvel movies it just reminded me of like those weird scenes in spider-man between toby Maguire and, and and uh willem dafoe where they're both very clearly like aware of you know they could be alter egos and like villains but they don't have that dialogue on the surface <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's what that dialogue like just smacked me in the face with they're essentially two alphas trying not to back down from dick tapping each other <laughs> all right yeah. now we can get to your scene that you are just in love with oh my God. if there's anything that makes up for how shitty this movie was for me it's the goddamn helicarrier scene but essentially stone breaks in and he sees that there's like all these another soldiers. winter soldier connection because there is a helicarrier scene in winter soldier as well well you know well, all carry right, before, on before we get too crazy it's important that you understand this is an actual aircraft carrier like these are things that exist in the real world and i really hope that you understand aircraft carriers don't fly shut up <laughs> let me live my life <laughs> let me just enjoy it oh i can't wait till we get to yeah we're gonna get to so many good stuff because i can't wait till we talk about the presidential bullet train which totally exists in real life wait but carry on no wait don't no don't answer that until we get to that part then because now i'm actually intrigued so at this point uh stone you know stone starts doing sneaky spy stuff finds out uh that gibbon's still alive and so is half his old unit he confronts mayweather who we find out is you know double agent so she double crosses uh stone she trips the alarm stone knocks her out to which gibbons yells you should have should have killed that bitch (laughs) and then as he tries to fight his way out and escape he wanted this uh he wanted to get gibbons and his old group out but he couldn't um 
on I think it was Gibbons that told him that there was no time, just told him to get out. So as he's trying to escape, he ends up commandeering a tank and uses it to start like destroying everything on the fucking like aircraft carrier. And then this leads to a tank duel between him and this other tank that starts shooting at him. He starts like you know maneuvering around getting the tank to blow up other other uh cars and other planes and the entire time there's like this uh back and forth between stone and bama uh the the guy that we've uh, been established as one of the villains since the beginning so they're talking shit to each other what's happening is stone manages to get the tank topside and hooks it up to one of the one of like the accelerators that you uh attached to F-16s to make up for uh, the lack of, um, of what's it called, um, airstrip space for them to be able to take off. Yes. <laughs> so Stone attaches the pulley to his tank. Yes. Waits for the enemy tank to get in position. Yes. Fires a tank as a missile at another yes. tank. Yeah. That was like the Vince McMahon meme where he like loses it more and more. <laughs> and he ends up destroying a tank with another tank. This is hands down the coolest scene in the goddamn movie for me. This like totally skull fucks anything and die another day. <laughs> I am very glad that this director upgraded in terms of his action scenes. Oh my god, it was so fantastic. That's so it. On... If you think that his bond work is any less ridiculous, there is literally an invisible vehicle in Die Another Day that we will discuss when we get there, and I can't wait for us to get to that. Oh my god. Anyway, so here is where uh, Gibbons, where Gibbons tells Stone that the entire plan is that Deckard is actually trying to plan a coup and murder James Sanford and set up uh, Gibbons as the fall guy. So now we got our, you know, arch enemy plot, or we have our arch enemy, we have the plot, they already know what they're going to do. Um, with this information, Stone tries to talk to Steele about it. Steele uh, says that there's not enough proof to, for him to move on Deckard, uh, to which Stone gets super angry about it. <laughs> and then um, I think later, I think later is when uh, Steele has that confrontation with Deckard you were talking about where he realizes stone was right so that's when the when like the general distrust that uh stone kind of told him about finally like comes through and still realizes that deckard's the bad guy um and i guess the idea <laughs> the idea is that he wants to not only kill deckard but pretty much anyone that would have been in line to be president in his cabinet um which anyone that's essentially against sanford or anyone that that uh, anyone that's in line with the plan of, I guess, ending this forever war that the United States has been stuck in. <laughs> so the idea is that to refund the military and uh, defund any foreign aid. God, the villain of this movie is Dick Cheney. You know that? This is like if Dick Cheney was like, if we well, can. Well, this was around the time Cheney. that like I started hearing the term you know, the company name of Halliburton a lot. And Halliburton. Yeah, and absolutely. Absolutely. This is 
Well, this is the odds, right? Like one of the things about the odds that became very clear and public to everyone is the fact that there's a real business behind war. So there may not be any practical reason for a lot of these things to be taking place, but our continual meddling in the Middle East and other parts of the world is one of the things that is helping support the American economy in a lot of ways. Stone needs to uh, Stone needs to pretty much raise an army to be able to fight back against uh, Deckard's plan, and they need to arm people up. So, <laughs> oh my God, this, this is where the movie starts becoming a caricature of itself, and it's like it becomes where it's like you don't need the military as long as you got the hood. <laughs> So the idea is that Stone then meets up with his old friend and running buddy, Zeke, who was one of the guys that uh, he used to boost cars and sell them to chop shops. This is pretty much where the movie becomes Fast and the Furious. <laughs> so he ends up getting Zeke. They yes, I, I kind of like this crossover. Okay, look, where Fast and Furious is going to go starting with like the fourth movie in the franchise or the fifth one. That's where this is already. <laughs> yes. Again, that movie also owes a great deal to Triple X State of the Union. Essentially, like the source of all great action movies for the next decade. <laughs> it's so annoying that I think, like, the more we talk about it, you're convincing me and I hate it. <laughs> like, now I feel stupid. Now I feel like the dumb bitch. I I love winning my case when I'm pleading it. <laughs> like it's like it's one of those things where it's like I want to be against you, but the more we talk about it, the more it makes sense, and I hate it. But essentially, what happens is that uh, Steel and Zeke get a crew together of pretty much for some reason. There's like these sexy ladies like dressed up as schoolgirls in the chip shop. <laughs> this is where it becomes like a mid aughts music video. It's so stupid. But when they end up getting this crew together, a bunch of people that work in Zeke's shop, uh, chop shop. They end up robbing an 18-wheeler, which we find out the, the United States I government... I do like that the Zeke character for Exhibit... Sorry, before to, to just jump and interrupt you. Oh, no, go I, the, the Exhibit character is basically the ludicrous character from Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, I was about to say, that's the same vibe. <laughs> like, this really, like, cool side character that you don't really care about too much, but, you know, he comes in to say cool shit and have cool parties in his cool home. <laughs> It's so it's so dumb that they just literally lifted Ludacris's character and made it exhibit. Well, and this feels completely exhibit again because of the series that he had on MTV at the time, where what he was doing is like, you know, tricking out a bunch of like old cars, and in this one, what he's actually doing is just taking a bunch of existing cars and turning them into like military grade assault vehicles. <laughs> Yeah, they take a bunch of, like, F-150s and fucking, like, expeditions. (laughs) They have a bunch of these cars and just fucking put a bunch of, like, 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 what's it called? I forgot what they're called. They they have a specific, like, ram bars and shit, like, ram kits on them so that they can, like, (laughs) they're all tacticaled out and shit. But they end up robbing the, they hijack a, um, a cheese truck, which for some reason... The Department of Homeland Security has this racket where they're they're running guns around the country using civilian like truckers. <laughs> and they're hiding in the back of cheese. 
<laughs> like these cheese trucks so they end up robbing him and that's when they oh run. yes and one of the one of the guys i think the passenger in the truck is actually like comedian bruce bruce who like was in a bunch of like little john music videos and mm-hmm. he was on bet's comic view which i like watched so much and i cool <laughs> again like this is just all the shit i used to watch <laughs> It was hilarious. They just like rob these dudes, take the guns, and that's pretty much their army, right? So, uh, you know, as they get prepared. I did like the joke of like, what's the government want with all this cheese? And he goes, You ain't never heard of government cheese. (laughs) (laughs) And then when they all show up to hijack this 18 wheeler, you know, and they open up the, the back part of that like tanker and find all the guns you get ice cube like looking at all the weapons and he grabs one and his line was and i even posted it in our ig story he goes god bless america (laughs) you know what's really funny like another tangent sorry so you know how the ig page was connected to my page for a while So (laughs) so when you uploaded the story like my friend messaged me and goes why are you posting you why are you posting ice cube don't you know he's a trump supporter (laughs) and i was like first of all i want you to know that i can post whoever the fuck i feel like okay (laughs) second of all i didn't post that (laughs) and third of all you better put some respect on triple x darius stone (laughs) Oh my god, it was hella funny. So anyway, they end up uh, they end up taking these guns, and the night of the president's State of the Union exam or exam, <laughs> State of the <laughs> Union address. You're already like, forgetting basic sentences. I'm fucking fried, dude. Like <laughs> this movie was. Mind you, I saw this movie a couple hours ago, but fuck, it's been a long couple of hours. <laughs> But it was, um, yeah, so it's like during the, the State of the Union address, Stone and Zeke lead this assault against uh, Deckard's men, where they end up, and I shit you guys not, stealing a fucking tank <laughs> using big-ass massive robot jacks to lift up the tank. They use, like, industrial-grade bus saws to, uh, like, cut it open, and they end up robbing this tank so that they can, like, you know what? And the funny part is, you never see the tank in the re- like the for the rest of the movie. <laughs> like they have this useless scene of them hijacking the tank and they don't do anything with it. Or did they? I don't know. My, my brain is stupid now. Well, no, they do end up like getting. They end up hijacking the tank to get closer to where the State of the Union was taking place at, and then from there, once they get there, that's when Zeke takes over and goes in the other direction while like stone and steel are gonna break into the building where this is happening <laughs> the capitol building and don't they get in the capitol building because they like shoot like the side of it and explode like a person <laughs> so they can repel in they don't make doors or they don't use doors they make them <laughs> that's like everyone's idea in this fucking movie so they end up getting into the capitol building deckard uh launches the coup uh, and a bunch of the more of those tactical ninjas start attacking everybody again. We find out that, or we don't find out, we already knew, but at this point, uh, they're trying to set up Gibbons and his crew. However, um, uh, Stone and Steel are, are able to ambush a bunch of the tactical ninjas. They kill off a bunch of them and save the president. 
um, and they're able to save uh, Gibbons and the and the rest of the SEAL team. <laughs> After uh, Charlie Mayweather gets the drop on uh, on Stone again, Gibbons ends up just shooting her and says, "I told you you had to shoot that bitch." <laughs> so Decker and Bama end up grabbing the president and they take off to escape in the presidential bullet train oh yeah and this is obviously this does not exist in real life so that's why this portion of the movie goes completely cgi and feels pretty different and just because it's like you have ice cube in a cgi car that's going extremely fast more fast than would be allowed and then this like completely digital train because of course none of that stuff exists in real life <laughs> so they end up yeah they end up taking that <clears throat> i think it's the mustang cobra i forgot what it was oh no i'm not gonna fucking pretend i'm suddenly a car guy <laughs> yeah, yeah of course not what you <laughs> will fucking think about though is the fact that this car is so cool and ice cube is so cool because you know he's trying to see how fast the car can go and I guess as the bullet train sees that Ice Cube's car is apparently going nearly as fast as a bullet train, they end up speeding up the bullet train to which Ice Cube basically says, fuck it, and ends up driving onto the train tracks. And then the tires like completely disintegrate. And he's literally using his rims as like train wheels on this track. That's not how that works. No, whatever. Shut up. It totally fucking works like this. I can't it's wait not, to do this in real life. No, I mean, if we do it in real life, you're just gonna be super mad when you're when you when you fuck up your tires. When you fuck up your tires and die. <laughs> I'ma catch that train. When you realize there's no friction to actually slow your car down on the train track. <laughs> so your car is just gonna keep going until it either naturally stops or hits something. <laughs> like that was the first time you know i was like how does it even going like there's no friction for the car to move forward oh whatever now i'm just picturing myself doing this in my car <laughs> yeah and your fucking family sedan <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> with your daughter's car seat in the back <laughs> Get out of my way! I gotta save the president. I'm saving the president. Oh, I'm just gonna say, Angel looks like he's having a psychotic break. I'm just gonna get a text from your wife, Avi. I need you to get the tranquilizer darts. Uh, oh my god! So from here on, <laughs> the rest of the action takes place on the bullet train because Ice Cube manages to blow up the back half of the bullet train. Yes, <laughs> and he's able to jump on it, so he sneaks his way on where he gets attacked by more of these tactical commando ninja guys. He ends up uh, killing one of the guys in the kitchen, and he ends up confronting the rest. Right. Uh, or he ends up confronting Deckard and Bama after uh, Bama kills the, the 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 conductor. And essentially the plan is that Deckard's still trying to flip it to make it seem like the, 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 the president gets killed by Gibbons and that he was the hero and that now he's going to be the president or some shit. I don't know. He's general like evil shit, right? So <laughs> uh, they get in a 
Yeah, he gets into a fight with uh, by he, I mean Stone. He gets into a fight with Cobb where he ends up killing him. And then he has a standoff with Deckard. Uh, <laughs> where, I don't know if you noticed, um, Stone has a grenade launcher <laughs> for the last, like, bit of the movie like you know he he runs out of he runs out of ammo on his assault rifle so he grabs the grenade launcher and starts using that and so when he has the standoff with decker i was like why are you why are you even pointing the grenade launcher if you shoot at him you're gonna kill the president <laughs> like it makes no sense but i remember when i was a kid i was like oh it's so cool he's so badass his sidearm is a grenade launcher <laughs> <laughs> it was so dumb but anyway what ends up happening is stone is able to save the president by uh getting him um <laughs> to jump out of the moving bullet train into the arms of steel who is repelled down from a helicopter <laughs> oh my god mind you they're going like 270 miles an hour <laughs> So Steel ends up saving the president, um, and then Stone ends up exploding <laughs> the goddamn bullet train on a bridge, killing Deckard, and jumping off where he manages to swim away from or swim to safety as the bullet train like falls into the Potomac. And almost he shoots like a rocket or something into the water so that it just like. I don't, is that supposed to believe it or, all or what? <laughs> believe it or not, for a movie that's been butt fucking physics the entire time. No, this movie taught me civics. It should also teach me science. Oh well, this is the wrong movie to teach you science. <laughs> literally everything leading the water was the most realistic thing you do because all right, here I'm gonna be a nerd. The the thing is, people forget like if you, like when be like when you jump into water. There's something called like surface tension, which is essentially like the water's molecules are all bunched up, mm-hmm. so all from a high, high, uh, like height. It's not. It's you're gonna shatter every fucking bone in your body by the time <laughs> you hit the ground. So it's not that you drown; it's that you die from the impact. So what? So the most realistic realistic thing in this movie is that Stone ends up shooting the grenade at the water so it breaks surface tension so that he doesn't die on impact. Oh, love it. Yeah, that, I love that too. That was the first <laughs> time I'm like, oh, finally this movie stopped being stupid. Yeah, now it stopped being uh, stupid. <laughs> yeah, well, you're stupid. <laughs> uh, so anyway, after... Stone is able to swim away. We find out that the story gets covered up. Deckard is, for some reason, still treated like a hero. Um, President Samford ends up giving a Congressional Medal of Honor to an unknown soldier and to Kyle Steele for their bravery during the attempted coup. And the president quotes Tupac, who we're still not sure if Tupac actually ever said that. And pretty much Stone goes back to his former lifestyle, which I'm assuming is being a Navy SEAL. <laughs> no, he's just going to live life a quarter quarter mile at a time. <laughs> I'm going to live my life a half mile at a time because two times better. <laughs> 
So now the NSA headquarters have rebuilt and Gibbons, as Jones implied that Steele's going to be a part of the NSA, helping Gibbons with the Triple X program. And Gibbons already has an idea who he's going to pick next. Which I, I think I've never seen the return of Xander Cage. So I imagine that where it goes from here with like the next Triple X storyline is either a huge letdown disappointment because I wasn't really a big fan of Xander Cage in the first place. Or it's going to be just some sort of clever joke that like will kind of make me get over that. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe we'll cover the return of Xander Cage on this podcast. Maybe I'll watch it on my own. Maybe fuck this other movie forever because State of the Union is the best one in this franchise. Why do you hate Vincent? (laughs) I don't hate him. I don't. I like stuff that he's in. I just, for some reason, I feel like his like holier than thou attitude about like the fast franchise and this like is highly annoying until like apparently he needed the money <laughs> hey i don't blame him man money talks baby money talks. <laughs> you know it's funny it's like this movie has i'm looking at the casper like return of xander cage and it's like donnie yen's in it i fucking love donnie yen. Uh, he's awesome yeah um ruby rose is in it who apparently everyone that watched uh batwoman well, I was gonna say uh, Orange is the New Black. That's where yeah. she really. Oh yeah, it. of course, that's where she's from. The only like, I never really watched Orange is the New Black, so I just. Yeah, I've, I've heard it's good. I'll watch it eventually. Tony yeah. Jaw's in this movie. Remember Tony Jaw, man? He fucking blew. He put not Korean. Sorry, he put fucking Thai like. Well, Korean movies are also good, but he put like Thai martial arts movies on the fucking map. With Ong Bak and all of those. Holy shit, Tony Collette is in this other movie? Oh yeah, this is a weird stat, like weird uh, cast. All right, how about this? We will, we will do Triple uh, X State of the uh, uh, the Return of Xander Cage at some point uh, before the end of this year. Can we and agree we, to do that? And we will also do regular like first episode of twenty twenty one. All right, by the by the first episode of twenty twenty one. If we don't do it by the end of the year, that'll be the first episode of twenty twenty one. All right. Cool. I'm down. And it, print it. It's already there. We're not editing this. <laughs> so, Angel, with all that, with everything we talked about from Triple X to Triple X Return of Xander Cage, how do you feel about State of the Union? All right. I was pleasantly surprised by how how much I still really much enjoyed this movie from the first time that I watched it. Uh, I look, I, there's a lot of in this movie that's stupid, and I will not fault anyone for not feeling anywhere close to the way I feel about this. But because this movie is, do I like movies? As in, do we like movies? Yes. Because it's my show. <laughs> I am going to say that I love Triple X State of the Union, and this is a hill that I am willing to die on. <laughs> this is a hill that I have no interest to fight for. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was hilarious. Angel and I were texting about it earlier, and he goes, This is the best movie of the franchise. I will fucking die on this hill. And I told him, response was you're going to die on a hill i have no interest in fighting you on <laughs> because I, he like like the way i read the text i thought angel was implying i was defending triple x1 and i'm like no i'm not defending triple x at all 
<laughs> but anyway, like that's you turn your brain off for an hour and a half. And it was like guess, two hours long, I think. Oh my god. <laughs> You turn your brain off for like a for an hour and a half, like I said. <laughs> or you can sit down on the side of the interstate and wait for hubcaps to come flying at you and hit you in the forehead. <laughs> we'll give you the same amount of entertainment, honestly. <laughs> it's not my cup of tea. Apparently, if you want to be associated with Angel, it's your cup of tea. <laughs> This movie reeks of like odds, like fucking extremes, like just. But you know, you know when they used to write extreme, but take out the letter E in the first. Mm. <laughs> so it was just X. It just reeks <laughs> of that sort of culture. Um, I thought it was funny that this movie. This movie is pretty much like how I feel about like hip hop in the odds, where it was like. It was like uh, watered down enough to make like edgy white kids in high school feel comfortable like listening to it in front of their parents. Um, they have corn in the album at one point, which is funny because Ice Cube uh, he did an, he did a project with corn, I think, leading up to this. So it's probably a tie-in. I don't know. Point is, <laughs> I'm kind of rambling at this point. <laughs> but that's the effect this movie has. This movie is a weird fever dream. Yeah, we jumped on so many different tangents uh, because of this. <laughs> but you know what's really funny? I will give you this movie the credit is due in that it it back it walked back this weird deconstruction of the spy genre that Triple X tried to do. And this movie was a pretty interesting take on the on the James Bond like film formula. It fits it, really comfortably into that. It, it fits really comfortably into that time uh, between the end of Pierce Brosnan's Bond and like that same year we would actually get Casino Royale. So it actually <laughs> does feel like <laughs> kind of a good in between from where the Bond franchise was to where the Bond franchise would just take a radically more gritty direction later that year. But it's interesting because this movie. All the campiness that happened in Die Another Day fits in this movie because of Triple X. Mm-hmm. Because Triple X established how fucking balls to the wall this series was going to be. Uh, it, may, it, it just made all the campy goofiness from that movie like fit perfectly in State of the Union. That being said, that's the nicest thing I'm going to have to say about this film. <laughs> well, that's it. Thanks, you guys, for listening. We appreciate y'all. Before we end this show, I really would like to take a moment to absolutely thank everyone in our audience for oh, fuck yeah. helping us get past 5,000 downloads, which, you know, doesn't seem like a huge milestone for people who have more moderately successful podcasts. But for us who, like, I think Avi and I made the joke that we thought that this was literally just going to be a show that was, like, that friends that we had would just pity listen to and not really (laughs) ever find an audience of his own is actually slowly gaining, you know, we're gaining a regular audience that goes beyond just people that we know. And we have to appreciate everyone who listens to the show who doesn't have a vested interest in whether we succeed or not. (laughs) 
Yeah, all the guys, all, all you folks that are listening to this show because y'all don't personally know us and just want us to feel better. We appreciate y'all. <laughs> and all of you guys who are friends with us and listen to the show just because you want us to feel better, we also appreciate you as well. But you got to step your game up, get multiple devices, have the show playing all <laughs> over. But and no, for seriously. God's sakes, like for the love of God, please uh, give us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Because reviews on Apple Podcasts apparently helps us get it. it, it it's what it's what's going to bring more people to the show, and it's what brings more awareness to the show. So please, if you're on Apple Podcasts listening to this, which is where a great majority of our downloads come from, please leave us a review and uh, not just a rating, but a good blurb about what you think of the show. You can even say we told you to do it because we're holding your family ransom. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we appreciate you guys for joining us uh, for this episode and we'll talk to you guys next time. We love you, you beautiful bastards. Have a good night. <laughs>